0: Welcome to another episode of Bad Ash Outdoors. My name is Ashley. I am the Ash of Bad Ash Outdoors, which is, well, something that just kind of happened after my guiding business took off at the same time as some social media's took off. I kind of decided one day I'm going to quit my corporate job and start a fishing business and it's going to be awesome and it's been pretty awesome. It's been a fun name for my business. Um, I'm a salmon steelhead guide uh, in the upper left of the country, the Olympic Peninsula, specifically the Quinault and Queets River. I'm a proud member of the Quinault Indian Nation. I'm a sports fisher. I was basically raised by outdoor living and lifestyle. Uh, A lot of people ask, you know, who took you fishing the first time? Was it mom? Was it dad? Or was it grandpa? They actually usually don't say mom, I just added that in there. But it actually was my mom. And a lot of friends along the way have taken a moment to teach me a thing or two here and there to a scrappy little kid that just wanted to play outside. And you know, I do this podcast because when people give you the tools that enrich your life as an outdoorsy person, what you then do with that is you you pass it along to others. So that's a little bit of why I do this just because I want to pass it along. And it's fun, so get outside, trick a fish. I'll help you as much as I can. And today's podcast, well, today's a little bit of a an update podcast. I haven't put out a podcast in a hot second, and uh, I thought I would talk a little bit about what's happened uh, recently, as of late. Uh, so, if you've been fo- following my podcast. Um, thank you, and thanks for coming back and listening. I appreciate it and if you're new to the podcast, I usually talk about fishing some tips some techniques, a little bit about you know the kind of things that I chase and what I've got going on um, and and at the end, I like to do this thing where I dub the king salmon. I dub somebody in the outdoor industry or someone that's out chasing fish or doing something fun outside as the king salmon of the week because of the cool things that they do in the name of outdoor recreation. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, let's go ahead and get it started with a little bit of a life update. So I've been a little off the map as of late. And there's some reasons for that. One, I, I moved. I moved Um, about 28 miles southwest, mostly west, uh, to Thurston County, which I now call my home. And that's Thurston County in Washington state. Uh, it's close to my family. It's close proximity to the coast where I like to go fishing. And that's been quite the undertaking, but I'm really, really proud to be a resident of Thurston County. I graduated from college. I am a graduate of the University of Washington and uh, I got a degree in American Indian studies And we'll probably now uh, take that and go back to school pretty quickly. Anyways, I'll continue my education, always uh, looking to study and work at the intersection of recreational fisheries, tribal public policy, and resource conservation. So uh, it's a really nice way of saying, basically someone said, Ashley, you can't make a career out of fishing and saving the planet and convincing people to change the way they manage their resources. And I was like... Hang on and hold my fishing rod. Here we go. Um, so I've been a little busy with the whole graduating part of it. I also took a trip down to the Deschutes River and fly fished with my dear friend, uh, Tom Larimer. We experienced the stonefly hatch together. We chased around some bass. We sat on the banks and had some good talks. It was an important trip for me. I needed it. It Reminds me of why I fish. It's not really about the fishing. It's a lot about the amazing people that you meet and the cool conversations that you get to have with people along the way. And that was certainly one of them. I've been away also because I experienced some loss in my life and uh, I'm grieving the loss of a friend and this friend you've, you've heard about him either directly or indirectly on this podcast. Uh, His name is Brad and Brad took me out last September and um, helped me harvest my, my Roosevelt elk. And in fact was, I mean, completely responsible for the harvest of that elk. He, he called the elk. He, you know, taught me a lot about how to find Roosevelt elk. He took me to some amazing places I completely owe that hunt and that harvest to Brad. And Brad did pass away recently Um, and and grieving, grieving is this emotion that is exactly the same and completely different for each person. Um, And if I'm honest, I think it's a lot of us for a lot of us, it, it brings us outside into these wild places. So I'm telling you guys this on my podcast, because the best way that I can honor my friend, my hunting partner is to talk about him and use everything that he taught me. And I'll even take that. A step further and and teach the things that he taught me um, about hunting and elk hunting. And uh, so I learned about that while I was with some friends, some new friends, some super cool friends at Loophold Optics. So uh, thank you um, to um, some friends, John Childs, actually, that got me set up with uh, some of the training folks at Loopold Optics, they set up a two-day training event for me where they taught me about sighting at a gun properly, safety tips. Holy cow, I learned so much from them. And I can't wait, I cannot wait to share with you some of the things that I learned because I promise you're going to probably A, like laugh at some of these like fun things that we got to experience and B, hopefully learn something and take something away from it. Um, So while I was there, I learned about Brad's past. And two complete strangers that didn't, you know, had just met me a couple hours prior, um, man, we became like, so close so quickly, uh, because they had no issue dropping everything and just being there for somebody and in in just in that moment where, um, you know, the whole world comes crashing down. And what we did with that is, you know, we exchanged stories, and we just Talked about things as we needed to. And then we went and shot some guns and talked about ways that we're going to honor the people that have made an impact on our lives. So, I mean, for so many reasons, the guys at Loopold, Loopold Optics, thank you guys so much for everything that you've done to me. And and that um, only includes in part the things that you taught me um, about optics, about shooting, hunting and ethical, ethical, long range hunting. Um, I made my first like mile long shot. like hit a target at a mile distance. It was amazing. (laughs) So cool to pull the trigger and then wait for it. Ding. And then you (laughs) hear that you hit something. It was incredible. So I really look forward to sharing some of those hunting tips and ethical long range shots in the future. Uh, I'll definitely put out a video on this, probably write up a blog and have some more podcasting on exactly that. Something else I've done in the last so many weeks. Um, Here's the thing, guys. There's more than just badass outdoors. There's also this little thing called badass fireworks. Yeah, I ran an explosives business over the 4th of July. Funny thing, and this probably isn't going to come as a surprise to you guys, but fishing and fireworks, for some odd reason, go hand in hand really, really well. All of you anglers are pyros, I don't get it. But I opened up my business over the 4th of July and thank you to everybody who came out to support me, come and say hi. I even had somebody drive from Everett to bring me some smoked steelhead that they made and it was delicious. And they asked me, hey, do you like this? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And they said, well, I use your YouTube video to make it. This is your recipe. And I was, it was like the best day ever. That's better than handing me a hundred bucks. I would rather, that was amazing. Um, So thanks for everyone who came down, everyone who supported. It was really, really fun. Uh, Sold a lot of fireworks. Um, We had some good times. It met some cool new friends. Um, And yeah, I'm that kid with a firework stand and a fishing business. So big whoop. There it is. (laughs) I know it's weird. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, so right after that, closed the doors, uh, had some friends, some amazing friends that helped me put that to bed. And then I got on a plane and I went to Florida for ICAST. So every year in July, the ICAST show commences in Orlando, Florida. And it's where all of these outdoor companies, fishing related, they get together, they showcase all of their amazing new things. And it's it's yeah, a big show on all of the new products. And I went to represent Shimano North America because I am a part of their master brand advocate team. Well, that's a that's a mouthful. Uh, yeah, I'm a part of the Shimano team. And I got to go and share a lot of the new products, um, which was insane. Like some of the new products are like seriously insane. And I'm totally going to talk a little bit about the two that I really, really like. Um, but more of that in a minute. Um, ICAST is just this like interesting place. All of these people in the fishing industry, like come together and you meet a lot of cool people. You see a lot of really cool things and you get exposure to a lot of like amazing products that are about to hit the markets. So for example, one of those was, um, the SLX DC from Shimano, which is a low profile bait casting reel and get this, it's like digitally controlled. There's a digital component in the reel. So in the spool of the reel, there's a little computer and it reads the, sp- the spool speed like a thousand times a second and like gives or breaks Uh, based off of the correct speed that your line should be peeling off the reel. So all of that to say, if you cast it, this low-profile baitcaster reel, and you don't thumb it, it's not going to backlash on you. Like, it's digitally controlled in that fashion. So, I mean, which is super cool. There was a piece of me that was, like, immediately annoyed that this saves the future generation of fishers that are like learning bait casters from having birds nest. Like, I feel like I had to birds nest and my mother had to birds nest and her mother before her had to birds nest. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everyone has to, you have to have a bird's nest when you pick up a bait caster. It's like the rite of passage to being like a bait caster fisherman. Like I don't, or fisher. I, I come on. But it's also super cool because if you have kids or people that are, you know, newer, want to try bait casters and are a little intimidated by the whole like, you know, the learning curve, it's significantly reduced with this kind of reel. So I think that's super cool. Um, and if you want to try it, it's yeah. Anyways, I could go on forever, but I won't. It's cool. I got to like tell people and show it and play with it. It was great. And then the reel that I used every day, day in, day out, my my war horse, my champion my steelhead tractor my salmon slayer that's the stratic and like man the stratic you know great spinning reel i've Used it for my guide service as long as I've had my guide service, like seriously. And it's it has some upgrades now, which is super cool. But I'll write up some product reviews on, on that sort of thing at some point in the future. Enough about that. But yeah, a lot of cool new stuff coming out. Um, the fishing industry is super innovative. And I'm really proud to be a part of the Shimano team. I'll say that for sure. But while I was there in Orlando, uh, I went fishing. And... Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm a Northwest kid through and through. I mean, I was born in Aberdeen, Washington, and my mother was born in the Northwest. And for generations since time immemorial, like the Lewis family, that bloodline has been based in the Pacific Northwest. So going to Florida was man, a world apart from what I'm used to. For one, I stepped off the plane and I immediately wanted to take a shower because humidity is not something I have a lot of experience in. And I felt like I could taste the air. Like, yeah, I felt like I could, like, taste the air, too, because it was so, like, (laughs) so damp. It tasted like canola oil for some reason. I don't know. Anyways... Uh, upon spending a little bit of time in Florida, seeing some thunder and lightning, also things that I don't see a ton of here in the Northwest, and seeing it like daily there was kind of a trip. Um, fishing was, man, there are so many fish. There's so much to fish for in the saltwater. So the first trip was uh, peacock bass fishing. And wow, I learned a lot and and caught a lot of fish. So as soon as uh, I cast was over, like Last day of the iCast, I walked from the show to the hotel, grabbed my bag, I walked outside, lo and behold, four fishing buddies and a black minivan. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. The Wolfpack rented a minivan, and I'm telling you, it is can you feel more gangster than being in a minivan? I don't think you can. <laughs> so we all hop into this minivan and um, I'm just gonna like the crew that I have around me. So we have four four guys, it's me, um, my, my new friend, Patrick, Andrew, Marty, Colo, myself, uh, we're the wolf pack now. We, didn't, we weren't the wolf pack when we left, but when we came back, we're the wolf pack, and I'll explain why. Uh, we drove down to the West Palm Beach area and hopped in a boat uh, with Michael Grant, Captain Michael Grant, and he took us uh, around the canals behind his house where we were tossing live bait and peacock bass were coming out and just crushing it, and we're catching these fish. They're all like a couple of pounds, some a little bit more, some like just a couple of pounds. There were some good, what I thought was great size peacock bass. And the the fish are super colorful. They fight really, really hard. They're amazing to see. Uh, seeing them blow up on the top of the water was pretty cool. We caught some uh, largemouth bass, man, big buckets on those lips. It was great. I actually warmed up the morning of before we left because me and my um, Shimano teammate. Ben powers, uh, who is real time charters. Yeah. On the East coast. Uh, he's a captain over there. He, we may have snuck away early in the morning and went to a golf course and picked on some bass. So I got, I got warmed up. I had a good bass them going on, but by the time I was done with the peacock bass, we had some, like some major bass them. They're, they're a little bit toothier and this, this really, really fluorescent kind of orange. Uh, they're incredible. And then we caught another fish. They don't look exactly like they're like, I don't know, peacock bass-esque and largemouth bass. And there's a name for them. And I don't remember because it was just like a foreign name to me. <laughs> um, but there were other fish caught. Uh, our friend Colo, part of the wolf pack, affectionately, caught a huge largemouth ba- bass. It was, man, it was the biggest bass I'd ever seen in the flesh, in person. We had a wonderful time. And this is all just like canal fishing. Well, then the next day we're going out into the salt and we hop into uh, another dear friend, Seth Funt. uh, And he and Michael Grant, these two guys that are taking us fishing are part of team three buoys. And they have a fantastic operation that they run out of Florida, but we went fishing. So we went first for Bonita which is like part of the tuna family and uh, caught a handful of those and some other fish that we, you know, intended on eating as sushi lunch. Uh, and then there was some conversation about shark, like let's get Ashley on a shark. Do you want to reel in a shark, Ashley? I'm like, yeah, I want to reel in all of the things. Like, yeah, let's definitely get a shark going on. And I could tell, like, you guys, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It's like a rite of passage sort of thing, is the best I can describe it. But once I had agreed to this, it was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get around a shark. Let's get around a shark. So we had some Anita in the boat. Seth cuts one up and gets some blood going, throws it with a rope over the side of the boat. And I look down and I see all of these huge 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 bull shark swimming around and i'm talking like a couple hundred pound shark like 150 200 300 pound bull shark and i'm watching them swim around and like i hear a splash like i didn't see it but one it like jumped up out of the like, <laughs> that was that's insane to me and uh captain seth hands me a rod And there's a bloody chunk of tuna hanging off of a hook with a wire. And he looks at me and without breaking eye contact, throws it overboard (laughs) and it hits the water and he opens up my bail and the line starts rushing out. And he's still like, he's still not even looking in the water. He's still looking at me and he's like, you're ready. You're ready. And I'm like, uh, I think I, I think I'm ready. Yeah. I think I'm ready. Flips the bail. And that thing, I feel the weight of this, shark that must have been like 300 pounds. I'm telling you, it was huge. I feel the weight of this. And uh, I'm I'm hanging on and I I dig the, the butt of the rod into my hip. And I'm pulling up on this thing rod tip up, I'm ready to fight. Like, you know, I'm tough kid, I know how to fight a fish. Man, this was something else. I was quickly uh, waving for the harness so I could like stick the butt of the rod into something that wasn't like drawing blood on my hip and started fighting, fighting, fighting. The the shark pops off the hook poles and, you know, everyone's just kind of like, oh, good job, like kind of having a laugh, like, all right, like, like, that was fun. Like you you hooked up on a shark. How was that? And I was like, well, I mean, let's, let's go again. Let's go again because I'd like to see this thing. I'd like to see if I can hook one and get it up and that would be awesome. And so, all right. They said, okay, if you want that, we'll do it. So they set it up again, change up a little bit of what the, the setup is. And, and that would be the leader that I think that like, the, there's like a wire leader so that, you know, it's not cut as easily or pulled as easily and shark on again. This one's bigger And the fight, it felt like I was fighting it for hours, but it was really probably like maybe like 30 minutes, probably even less than that, maybe a little, I don't know, 30, 20 to 40 minutes time time is just not even manageable when you're dripping sweat and you have a monster shark at the end of the line and you're just like trying not to like throw up or let go of the rod. Because you're fighting, and I'm telling you, like my entire body was like tensed, hunkered down, pulling on this. And I had a, a Stratic 10,000 was the reel that I was using as a spinning reel. And like I know how expensive this amazing reel is. And my what was going through my mind is like if if I lose this, they're going to be so mad at me. <laughs> and and then and then you're just like the girl who dropped the rod on the into the water on the boat. And there's, there's no way I'm giving anybody any sort of like satisfaction. Not that it would have been satisfying to anybody. It wouldn't have been, but none of, none of that shenanigans would come into play on the boat. I wasn't going to let that happen. We'll just say that. And so I decided in that moment that, that, Whatever I felt, I didn't feel it anymore. There's no pain. I have no heart and no soul. I am just going to hunker down and I'm going to reel this shark in. And man, it was the most intense and almost physically excruciating thing that I've done in terms of fishing. But we got the shark up to the surface. I mean, I have a few photos of it. I'll share them on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page. Um, You'll see all of that. But oh my goodness, I'm just dripping sweat. And I've seen this amazing creature we we you know let it loose it swims away and then i'm hearing like the stories of times of old when other sharks had been caught and how like you know one of the guys one of the guys in the wolf pack he was like yeah i straight threw up after i i I reeled it in and and all of these other like things that had happened to them but in that moment no one's telling me that it's just like oh i get a shark yeah everybody's doing it like (laughs) There's, there's no, there's no, I was not prepared for this. I was not emotionally prepared for the, what I got myself into Florida fishing. Just, Oh my goodness. And, and this isn't even, this isn't even the thing. So we hooked into a swordfish while we were out there. Yeah. So after the shark, we go out, we're like running out further and we drop, uh, we drop like our, our baits our setup down and it's attached to a buoy. And, You know, now we're just kind of like floating and, you know, figuring out the next thing. And one of the guys in the wolf packs like, hey, the buoys tipped over and no one's really saying anything about the buoy being tipped over the flag being tipped over. But no one's like not acknowledging it either. It's just like, yeah, it's tipped over. It's tipped over. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go check it. And it makes sense now. The captains knew that something was going on. But we're like, oh, is there something stuck on it? Should we go and like check our bait? <laughs> we have no idea what's going on. This isn't our fishery. And uh, we go back. And Captain Michael Grant is on the electric reel and starts, you know, bringing it up. And then he goes, we're tight. and um, And that means that there's something there. There's a fish there. And so we're bringing it up, and, like, man, it it happens so over the course of, like, a couple of hours, but it also happens so fast at the same time. But we determined that there was a fish on the line, and we're bringing this thing up, and then all of a sudden – Captain Seth Funt just springs into action. He's like, all right, here's the plan. We need to get all of these things off the rail. We need to get the baskets with the rope. I want two harpoons here. Here's what we're going to do. Here's a plan. Here's your job. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're not going to do. And all of these things. And it was like, all right, all right. Now, like the the wolf, now we're a wolf pack. Now we're a wolf pack and we're hungry. And we got a swordfish on the end of the line. So Captain Michael Grant is bringing this thing up. And the plan is, is as soon as it gets to color to where we could see it to the surface, Seth is going to throw a harpoon at it. <laughs> He's going to harpoon it. And the rest of the wolf pack, they're either going to be on the ropes or they're going to be like, you know, at, you know, doing some other job, like moving things out of the way or in, just ensuring that no one's in danger, like because we're throwing harpoons at swordfish here. OK, so it happens. The Swordfish comes up and Seth like. Uh, how do I how do I explain the way that he like crouching tiger crouching tiger yeah something like that he was like in position like you know harpoon overhead throws a perfect harpoon into the swordfish and it dives straight down and I think I remember hearing Captain Michael Grant say it like went like six hundred feet down just just an unreal depth and we caught this thing in like an an extraordinary depth too it's, it's just amazing what these you know, pelagic fish are and what they do and where they live and my goodness and so we are celebrating the rest of the wolf pack we're celebrating all right this thing's hooked up and it has a harpoon and a rope into it this is amazing it's just a matter of time before we've got it on the deck and we're all high-fiving and you know cracking a cold one and cheers and all of that no 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 we're far away from that and here's how i know because captain seth was like this is far from over screaming it like this is far from over And then right back into action. All right, team, here's what we're going to do. We need to get another harpoon into it. And even that is not going to ensure that we are going to get this fish in the boat. And that's when I realized, you guys, that this wasn't. Um, an average fish. This was like the fish of a life kind of fish. And so, all right, so all I want to do is to just document the moment the best that I can, and to not be in the way and to support however I need to support the the wolf pack. It's about the pack now, right? It's about the pack. And so we get another opportunity, the fish comes up, Seth's, Seth puts oh my goodness, a perfect harpoon shot right into it. It was like he threw the harpoon into the water and the water was only three foot deep and it just stuck into a piece of wood. But, you know, you're out in the middle of the ocean and it's like super deep and so he obviously stuck the fish but it was so cool to see and i have that video on my instagram too if you want to see it and i'll probably like make more versions of this like this because i captured all of it um between me and another wolf pack member we we documented the whole thing super cool and after a little bit more time fighting the hook pulled so there's no hook in the swordfish there's just two harpoons so we literally with two with guys on two ropes pulled it into the boat the swordfish was 400 pounds it, I will probably never in my life again experience a trip like that and to experience it with like really really cool guys really capable and smart and talented captains everyone worked together like we had great leaders we had a great team the wolf pack made it happen and I My friends have some swordfish in the freezer right now that I am still deciding how I'm going to cook up. So I'm really, really thrilled. That I had such an incredible time in Florida, and good news, Captain Seth Fun's going to come up here to the Northwest. And while I don't think I can put him on a four hundred pound fish, I can rock his world with some cool salmon and steelhead fishing. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different than the sword fishing experience, but anyone who has been in the salmon steelhead world long enough knows that there's some pretty magical things that you know we can show on that front that are that are that are hard to match. So, yeah that was my florida trip peacock bass bonita bull shark swordfish uh, and again like met a lot of really cool people and that's that's the thing that i needed this summer if i'm perfectly honest so i shared that i've moved i graduated and that i experienced a lot of loss um this summer and it it was really that trip And being around amazing people and just being outside like I think that's actually why I do all of this because it's healing and it's engaging and it's incredible and it it creates these experiences that man you couldn't trade for anything and you couldn't replicate if you tried. Um, So maybe that's something that you can connect to maybe there's a part of that my story and um, that is similar for you and is why you go outside. There's a lot of reasons and that's all good. There's no wrong reason. I guess you probably come up with a wrong reason, but I'm just going to assume positive intent with all of you. So, uh, so coming up on some future podcasts, I think I want to start breaking some norms and I need your help. So here's the thing. I'm really getting more involved in fly fishing. I started about four years ago and I kind of want to double down on my spay fishing skills and I still have a lot of questions because here's what I tell people when I'm talking about fly fishing. Like, I know my fishery really well and I know salmon and steelhead really well, but I don't always know how to match fly fishing things, spay fishing things to the fishery that I'm fishery, fishing, fishery, fishery. <laughs> but I want to double down on these skills. So I'm going to ask some questions and I'm going to tell you right now, some of them might be what one would categorize as a stupid question, <laughs> and I know I know what they say. There are no stupid questions, but uh, there's uh, yeah here and there, here and there, there are some stupid questions. I don't care. I'm a learner. I I I don't have like so much pride to where I can't ask questions that maybe I ought to know the answer to. Whatever. I have questions, and I know some really smart and capable people that I'm gonna round up and ask all of the stupid questions. And here's the deal. There aren't stupid questions, but we still encounter these environments sometimes where we don't always feel comfortable or welcome asking questions. So I'm going to talk to the most capable and smartest people around fly fishing spay fishing i'm going to ask them the questions and i want to know what yours are too so send them to me on facebook send them to me on instagram email me ash at dot you can mail me if you want but i mean all right yeah you can mail me if you want that would actually be pretty cool i like mail um I know I guess I'll post a P.O. box somewhere on some platform for you to mail me. But let's get these questions together. Good, bad, any questions. And I'm just going to ask them and we're going to podcast it. I'm thinking like sit down with a couple of IPAs, ask these guys the questions, get some really good answers and have some really good conversation around like being a person that's new in the sport or learning something different um, because I want to change these norms. Like I said, it doesn't need to be in an intimidating environment, especially for, I mean, for anybody and for women. I hear a lot that I don't feel comfortable going in and asking and I I don't feel comfortable going into this store. And you know, and there's reasons why people feel the the way that they do. So let's break down some norms. Let's create an environment where we can ask stupid questions and get good answers and learn something and it's still be cool. So send me those questions. And I think I'm going to do that with my dear friends up at uh, Emerald Water Anglers out of Seattle, Washington. So specifically, uh, Dave McCoy has been so gracious and when I told him that I wanted to sit down and maybe let's have a drink and I'm going to ask him some probably like less than educated questions around spay fishing you should have seen him light up that guy wants to get people involved he wants to see people enjoy fishing he wants to share the knowledge that he has um and he's certainly well qualified and capable to do so so let's go ahead and take advantage of that and I want you guys in on that sit around the campfire with me if you will uh so yeah that's what's coming up for future podcasts. So, uh, you know where I've been. I think you know where I'm going, or at least you know as much as I do. So if you don't know anything, we're on the same page. Uh, Or at least we know where we're going with a future podcast. So before I close it, some final things here. I want to dub the King Salmon. So I mentioned that. I do this on every single podcast. I want to dub the King Salmon, somebody in the outdoor industry uh, who has done something great in the name of environmental conservation, of perpetuating the sport, or just doing something like good like honorable. So. I like to end on that note. And this week's King Salmon, I dub the Randy Bonner. He's an outdoor writer. He's a blogger. He's an all around outdoorsy kind of guy. And this week, like right now, as I'm recording this and and throughout the end of the week, he's spending his time teaching a wilderness survival class. He's teaching youth necessary skills in the outdoors, which involves fishing and many other things. Randy. Randy. Thank you for using your time to perpetuate recreational fishery and outdoorsing with the next generation. My friend, you're truly an asset to the fishing industry, to the outdoor industry, and I look forward to uh, catching up over a cold one in Oregon here in a few days. So with that, please review this podcast. Share it. Share it on your social media or anywhere else you think your friends and family, loved ones would enjoy it. And if there's any information that you want about fishing or um you know past blogs please visit badashfishing.com they are in the blog section you can revisit those there i'm on youtube sharing all of the things that i scare out of the water and how i eat them instagram if you have questions or ideas for a podcast in the future send those things to ash at badashfishing.com with that we disembark and i will see you next week thanks for listening